the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. It's great to be with you today. Number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. We talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And uh, if you hear me just like suddenly collapse or fall down today, that's because somebody, and uh, we don't know who, it's a little bit of a mystery, but there's some kind of air freshener in the studio today. And uh, I know what brand it is, I'm not going to say. Uh, but whatever it's supposed to be covering up probably smells better. I mean, it's so much of that in here. I can taste it and smell it. Give me a headache. We bought a bunch of this at, uh, at the Costco one time and, uh, we threw it away and that stuff stunk up the garage more than anything we've ever thrown in the trash before. We have, a, we have to keep our trash cans in the garage. One of those rules, which, uh, you know, isn't all that convenient. Anyway, uh, that's the situation, but, uh, you know, I digress back to our show. We're talking about wisdom today. And uh, is there wisdom in certain air fresheners? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that there is. Um, right, right now, right now, the Los Angeles Dodgers, baseball Dodgers, are introducing Shohei Otani, their new $700 play, $700, $700 million. $700 is what he will have left over after California taxes. But uh, $700 million uh, player, uh, you know, a lot of conversation about that good investment depends on if the Dodgers win. What if the Angels win this year? What if the Angels, Wilbert, what do you think? What if the Angels, California Angels, who lose Otani, who within five minutes took down the big mural from the big A down there. What happens if suddenly they win? They didn't win with them. I think there's a better chance of Kanye West becoming president. <laughs> well, in the next hour, we'll talk about 2024, and there's probably some chance because next year's nuts. But, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, but that, it's not really here to talk about that. I want to talk about wisdom a little bit and how this relates. And uh, you can chime in here, 888-528-2557. How this relates is is this. There was an interesting story today about the San Francisco baseball giants who are lamenting the fact that Shohei Otani did not sign with the giants, even though they offered him the exact same amount of money, even though they went after him and they went after them with some of their best players, their best management, and really, really urged him to join. And what I thought is interesting is that what it seems to be, what seems to be being said in this conversation, because the Giants have had a hard time signing free agents. They still signed some players. They signed another good player for, you know, $6 million and they're doing some things. But what they're discovering up there in San Francisco is that players do not want to play in San Francisco. And the reason is a perception problem with the city. That's according to Ken Rosenthal of uh, sports magazine, The Athletic, and also uh, Fox Sports, who cited comments from a former Giants player and current member of their executive board, Buster Posey, in a recent appearance on a show called Foul Territory. Here's what Ken Rosenthal had to say. And, And this, I think, is important because we're talking about our cities. We're talking about reality. 
and can I use a baseball term with reality? Reality bats last. That there is reality. There is not your truth, my truth, and everybody's got their truth. If I could retire something for 2024, that might be it. The whole If we could just pick one thing, the whole notion that you've got your truth, and people like to say, well, this is my truth, that's baloney. That's killing us, that attitude. If, you're, if things are not going well for you in your life, there might be outside factors that you can't control because somebody else is unwise, but there is most of the time for us when things aren't going well, it's because we are not navigating reality. And reality bats last. Reality is persistent. There is not your truth, my truth, somebody else's truth. There is just the truth. And the truth is there are some pretty good reasons not to want to move your family to San Francisco, even if you're making $700 million. I'm trying to play a clip one there. It's not playing there. Can you... Uh, Turn that on there. Uh, clip number one. Here, we'll get to it. See, the reality is, as you've got to. All right, we'll 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 come back to that one. I'm not hearing it. Is it playing? It's probably the, uh, I almost said the name of the air freshener that I think is going off in here that's making my mind all fuzzy with uh, <laughs> whatever. I might say, who knows what I'm going to say by the end of the show uh, today. Anyway, the clip I was going to play is is Ken Rosenthal talking about this and kind of lamenting. And uh, all right, go ahead and play clip one for me. The Giants problem from everything we've heard and from everything Buster Posey told Angie Baggerly of The Athletic last night, they've got a geography problem or a city problem, I guess I would say. Players, for whatever reason, have a negative perception of San Francisco right now. Not all players, of course. John Lee didn't have one. But they're running into this. Posey said that. And clearly the city has changed since the pandemic. There is not as much in-office work downtown, and it's kind of made the city a little emptier than it was, perhaps. And people talk about crime and all these things. I don't have statistics. I don't know for sure what's going on there. But that perception exists, as Posey said, fairly or unfairly. And they're battling that right now. They're also battling a team like the Dodgers who, yes, have been more successful. So there's a lot going on. And the teams in California always have the state tax issue as well. California's state tax is among the highest in the country. Uh, that is Ken Rosenthal, and he's trying to you know, postulate why a player, why players, not just Otani, don't go to San Francisco. And this is the point that I'm making, and it matters to us in Southern California because we are making similar decisions as the leaders in San Francisco have made, and Seattle, Portland, just coming down the coast, San Diego too, and cities in between. Buster Posey, who's that uh, former Giants player and current member of their executive board, who was very involved in this, he said he was disappointed, and in the article. In the the athletic, he said this. He said something I think is noteworthy. Something that unfortunately keeps popping up from players and even the players' wives is there is a bit of uneasiness with the city itself, as far as the state of the city with crime, with drugs. Posey said, whether that's all completely fair or not, perception is reality. It's a frustrating cycle, I think, and not just with baseball. Baseball is secondary to life and the important things in life. But as far as free agent pursuit goes, I've seen that affects all things. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. It's not just a negative perception. It's a perception that's based on the realities on the ground that even for seven hundred million dollars, I don't want to move to that town. You know, and you got to imagine, you know, is he walking down the streets of San Francisco? They're like showing him around, you know, and and he steps in something. He's like, oh, I stepped in some dog stuff. And they said, no, nope, it's not dog. 
And uh, that probably is not worth $700 million. I'm just saying that's probably like you're not paying me enough to move to this town. Is that the case? 250,000 people just in the last uh, five years have left the Bay Area, almost 9%. It's not because of the pandemic. This started a long time before the pandemic. Almost 9% have left the city of San Francisco itself. Oakland, right across the Bay, has lost its football and now its baseball team, both to Las Vegas, of all places. Why? And people want to step around this. They want to say different things. It's not really as bad. It's a perception problem. San Francisco hired a uh, PR person to put out some stuff about why San Francisco is the place you want to move to and other stuff. Uh, or people, I've heard people say, well, it's that a lot of people in Silicon Valley and in those parts can work from home now in the pandemic. No, that's not the reason. You can say it's the reason. Does anybody think it's the reason? I don't think it's the reason. I think it's because policies on drugs and crime and taxes are all horrible, and everybody knows it. But those in charge continue to deny it, because if they acknowledge it, then they have to change their thoughts. They have to. They may not get reelected. Uh, they have to say, you know, I was wrong about this policy, which would be refreshing, by the way. In fact, I'm more likely to vote for you if you acknowledge a mistake. Right? I feel like if you're like, you know what, we tried this. It didn't really work. We tried this to try to reduce homelessness. We tried this to try to reduce crime. We tried this taxation strategy, and it doesn't work, so we're going to go back to this, or we got this new idea. That would be, to me, a lot, you know, kind of refreshing. But instead, what we do, and this is what fools do, is we just double down on it. This is something important that we can learn, because it is reality. The reality is, is these cities are in a lot of trouble. And as remarkable as it is that... Uh, you know, he would still choose L.A. I mean, I know he's in Anaheim, but it's not the same thing. Uh, you know, well, this is coming to L.A. and San Diego, right? The policies that have created this situation where everybody's leaving the Bay Area, they're going to be leaving the uh, Southern California area, even with the better weather that we've got. They are leaving just at smaller numbers, but they're leaving already and it's going to get worse. Now, there's some good news for L.A., right? People still are choosing to live here over San Francisco. Although a comedian I heard recently said uh, that Los Angeles is the only city where people come to visit. And when they come and they say, what should I do while I'm in town? You say, you know what? You really should go to San Diego. We're the only city that sends you out of the city when you come to visit. You know what you should do? You should go down to Orange County. They got some great beaches down there. You should head down there. Uh, In San Francisco now, what you do is if you're driving north up the coast, you arrange your trip so that you don't have to stop for a restroom or a meal anywhere inside the city. That has changed, and L.A. is headed that direction, and so is San Diego. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And I'm saying this because I think that we, in our own lives, we have to recognize that there are there is a foolish path and there is a path of wisdom. And sometimes it's hard to determine which path you're on. And that can be for your personal life. It can be for your family. It can be for your company, the place you work. It can be for your schooling, your education. It can be for an entire city or state. The same thing. The Bible has a lot to say about this. Proverbs fourteen fifteen: A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to his steps. You know, are you a prudent person? And I'm thinking about New Year's coming up. And, you know, whenever the year ends, it's really an interesting thing because it's just another month. It's not, you know, it's just one more month changes. But we, when we come to a new year, we think about the past year, we reflect on it, and then we eventually make New Year's resolutions. You're making any New Year's resolutions? How long do your resolutions even last? 
Most people, I think it's 17 days or something like that. But we make those resolutions to better ourselves, right? We, we take a moment and we give thought to our steps and we say to ourselves, you know what, this isn't going well. Whenever you make a resolution, you, you're not saying to yourself, you know, I don't think people are like, you know, what? I think I'm going to smoke more this year. You know, I think I'm going to exercise less. I think I'm going to eat worse. No, nobody does that. You, you try to benefit yourself somehow. The wise person gives thoughts to their steps and they change their life. They change their, their habits. The foolish person gives thoughts to their steps, realizes that things aren't right, and they continue down the same path. And that can happen in our personal life. It can happen in city life, in government, all of that. Proverbs 15.5, a fool spurs his father's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. You know, when we get corrected, when we are a, a learner, when we are, you know, in, in business world, you probably say, you know, somebody who is teachable. You like to have teachable employees. You hate to have employees that don't want to learn anything, right, that just will not respond, who just think you're always wrong, right? That person's not a good employee even if they're good at their job. Eventually, they won't be good at their job because they don't learn. You got to learn. Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Um, I heard once that the the most common set of last words from people, according to uh, life insurance companies, is the last thing that people often say is, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) And that's it. Uh, you got to be careful. The way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. 1925, flog a mocker and the simple will learn prudence. Rebuke a discerning man and he will gain knowledge. 2124, the proud and arrogant man, the mocker is his name. He behaves with overweening pride or excessive pride. It is important that we take a look at our lives and the world we live in, and we really try to seek wisdom and ask God for it. The Christmas story has the wise man. The wise men, you know, it's an interesting thing about the wise men because they, we call them the three wise men, but what did they do? I mean, think about this for a minute. This is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. The wise men, we call them wise. We call them the the kings or they are, you know, astronomers or they are, you know, um, they are the smartest scientists of the day, probably. That's who these guys were. We don't know a whole lot about them, but the world has called them the three wise men. And, you know, but when you think about what they did, they traveled for a couple of years. The wise men, in case you haven't read the Bible story, they weren't at the manger. They weren't there. They're probably in your nativity scene. And I always like to say, move them, move them somewhere else in the house. They, they belong somewhere else because they didn't get there for a couple of years. They actually showed up and bowed down to a toddler and they gave this toddler, there's a sculpture of Jesus sitting on Mary's lap. You usually see the nativity scene and there's a baby Jesus there and, and you got Mary and she's always wearing blue for some reason. And, uh, but, and it's a little baby and the wise men are there giving their gifts, the frankincense, incense and myrrh to a little baby. But that's not what the scriptures say. They would have been giving it to a toddler. And there's this old carving. If you Google it, you'll see Jesus sitting on Mary's lap like a little kid would do, receiving these gifts from the wise men. Now, listen, listen, it's foolish to bow down to a baby and it's foolish 
to give gold to a baby. How many of you buying for your little kids for Christmas are giving them gold? Some of you might be just way off in the stratosphere of wealth and you're like, oh, here's some here's some gold, you know, prepare for the end of the world, uh, whatever it is, you know, but you're not doing that. You're not giving them gold. They, they would probably sooner play with the box that the gold came in than do anything with the gold. They wouldn't know what it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, they worship this baby. They do all these things. Now, the thing is, is that the wise men are not wise men unless they're correct about who Jesus is. They are not wise men unless they are correct at this little toddler being the Messiah, the promised Messiah. They are not wise men unless they understood that they were actually worshiping um, this Messiah as the Lord, as God. See, that makes them, they're crazy unless they're right. What makes them wise, the wise men, is that they figured out who he was that other than Joseph and Mary, who heard it from the angel, and uh, John the Baptist, uh, who was still a baby at the time, and Elizabeth, his mom, you know, a few people got it, but most people were not quite there. The wise men figured it out. That's why they're the wise men. Uh, You take a look at the situation, and you make the right choice, and reality will play out in such a way that it works out for you. The fool is someone who is out of touch with reality somebody who should know better, right? It's somebody who does something that they know better not to do, right? That's that's the fool. I told the story before of how I, when I was a little kid, I placed my tongue. When I was a toddler, no one was bringing me gold. Instead, what I was doing was sticking my tongue into an outlet on the wall. You know, now we put those covers on the outlets on the wall. Do you do that? We did that. And I'll tell you what, when James, the moment James figured out he could crawl, the first thing he did was go right to the outlet, like he'd been staring at it his whole life on his tummy time and laying there on the ground, going, as soon as I can move, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right after that thing. And that's exactly what he did. Um, we didn't have any such precautions. My dad watched me do it, let me stick my tongue in the socket, and blue lights came out, and I flew across the room. There was smoke. I can still smell it. And my dad said, oh, I guess you're not going to do that again. Now, the first time I did it, I didn't know any better. Now, if I do it again, if I do that now at my age, I'm a fool, right? I'm a complete idiot. That is the difference. You learn something as a fool. You don't keep doing things the same way as you keep doing it. And I was thinking about that with respect to what's happening in San Francisco, the baseball analogy, the idea that players aren't going to play there because the city's bad and everybody's moving out. Uh, They've made some changes up there, but in general... Changes aren't coming. And in general, cities like L.A. and San Diego and other cities are looking up there going, oh, you guys have the right idea. And we are using the same policies here. It doesn't work. You know, sometimes people move out of state, out of California, because it's so bad. The taxes are high. The the cost of living is high. We got the crime. We got the drugs. We got all the stuff. And then they move to another state. And then they vote for the same policies that led to that in our state, right? That's what they do. That's being a fool. It's not understanding the reality that decisions we make in our life actually have consequences. They can be good or they can be bad. This is why we have to look at things with with wisdom. So when you think about your life, when you think about next year, whatever it is, ask the Lord for wisdom. And part of that prayer should be, God, show me where I'm being a fool, We all can be fools in one way or the other. And most of the time you don't know you're a fool. That's why, you know, partly why you're a fool. It's when you discover you're a fool and then you keep doing the foolish thing, then you're really a fool, right? That's when, but that's, that's part of us. 
and it's individuals do that, cities are doing that. If you're looking to improve things, improve your situation or improve the situation of the culture where you're at, you got to look at what are we doing that's foolish. You got to step back, like the scriptures say, and consider your steps and consider what path am I on? If you want to know where you're going in your life, just look at the road you're on. Where's that road going to take you? It's not going to take you to a good place if it's a bad road. It's going to take you to a bad place. That's the way it is. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this. I'd like to get your thoughts. And uh, what kinds of fools are there? I just thought that as we think about this, the Bible's pretty clear. And I think it's relevant to so much that's going on in our news today. 888-528-2557. You can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show. I'll be right back in the Thursday edition. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Talking about fools and not being a fool and how you can do that. And that can be part of your personal life, but also things that we see in the nation or things that are going wrong. Somebody's a fool out there. And uh, I don't know if I should say fool or not, but uh, somebody sprayed some kind of air freshener in the studio here. And, you know, the uh, the morning team, the um, the morning answer with uh, Grant and Jen. They they use this studio on KRLA, our sister station in the morning. They weren't here today. They were out at a toy uh, a toy drive this morning for our stations, which, by the way, I'll be out at a toy drive at Aldick Home in uh, Van Nuys tomorrow for the Pastor Scott Show. We're going to be live there, and it's toy drive. You can learn more at kkla.com. Uh, bring an unwrapped toy or gift card. And uh, between 3 and 5, it would be great to see you there. It's for uh, Highway Patrol, and all the details are there. But I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. But So they weren't in here this morning, so it's not them. So somebody... Uh, plugged in one of those air fresheners or something, and uh, I actually have Googled poison control. We'll see what that says here in a minute, but I'm beginning to wonder, actually. Anyway, but I'll get to your phone calls, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Joe in Sun Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. It's kind of a God thing. I'm listening to the show as I'm opening up my mail, and uh, just so frustrated with this state and I have a small business that I rent vehicles to the film industry and all of my commercial vehicle DMV tags, everything has like doubled. And then the fuel tax and all the policies just so frustrated in California. And then um, just thinking about the fools. And then I open a Christmas card and it says wise men still seek him. <laughs> I was like, I was like, if our leaders of this state would seek him. <laughs> well, you know what, so I, that, that, I had to share that. <laughs> you, you know what, that is such a great thing is that, you know, the, the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders, right? It doesn't say pray that they're successful in foolish plans. Uh, it's, right. it says pray for them. And the idea is that they would have wisdom. I mean, what happens if our leaders uh, decide to turn to Christ? and uh, decide to ask God for wisdom and change, right? That would be a great thing. So as we pray for our leaders, as you think about that, and we got to pray for them, you know, 2024 is uh, looking insane. 
Uh, yeah. You know, and in our state, right? I, I read that uh, we're losing $70 billion a year just because people are moving up. And, uh, yeah. you know, in the same tax. In fact, that is the, we started talking about the Shohei Otani deal. He made, you know, it's the $700 million contract. Um, some people are, and one of the things he did was, I don't know if you realize this, Joe, or if you follow it, but he's deferring $680 million to after the contract is over in 10 years. So he's only going to get paid $2 million a year from that contract until he's done with it. And some people wow. have suggested that the reason he's doing that is because then he can move to Florida or some state where there's no state tax and he won't be charged state taxes. Right. And so we we won't even get the money from his $700 million paycheck. That California will not get that money. And <laughs> See, at some point, are you losing money by taxing people more? Uh, you know, at some point, you, you get to that tipping point. I think we're way past that. Well, Joe... Uh, Thanks for calling and, you know, pray for your leaders that they're not fools, uh, whoever yeah. whoever they are. All right, Joe, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. That's one of the reasons people leave the state, taxation. You know, property values, the the monthly, uh, what's the rent in this, in this, just for the average rent is well over $2,000 a month now in California. Rent, I don't know how you pay that. I don't know how that's even my my rent just a few when I moved to I moved from Riverside to San Diego. My rent in Riverside I want to say was maybe $600 a month and the place I got in San Diego was a f- pretty good two bedroom apartment and it was 740 bucks or something like that. Um and uh, that was just uh 25 years ago. That same apartment right now I'll bet is $3500. I, I that's probably true. Um, I should look that up. I'll bet that that's right. I don't know how people are doing that. It's rough. Anyway, the there is a reality to all of that, right? That's that's just the the reality. And here's the deal about fools, you know, biblically. And this is what I think is so important that we grasp reality when it comes to the things that we're dealing with as a as a nation, but also in our own lives, in our churches, our businesses, wherever we're at, is. A fool is somebody who is seriously out of touch with reality. That's who a fool is. And there's different kinds, okay? So one one kind of fool is a person who doesn't believe there is an order to the world. That's that's a big one right now. When you're dealing with the, the critical theory, when you're dealing with the gender issues, when you're dealing with what's happening in the schools right now at Harvard or other places, when you're dealing with really trying to have the conversation about the really complicated or difficult issues, you know, in the Middle East and stuff. If you can't grasp the reality of the world, if you're just making it up to fit an agenda, uh, you're being a fool. And the biggest part of being a fool with some of the philosophies of our day is the idea that you can do that, that you can change reality just by saying it or enforcing it, right? That's what the, uh, the critical theorists want to do, is they want to say, no, the family is a construct. You don't need fathers. Uh, there is no male and female. There is no God. There is, you know, you can just change the history of the Middle East. You can ignore, you know, certain facts about all kinds, whatever it is. The idea is that you can do that. The idea is that, and this is the first kind of fool that you read about in the Bible, of a person who doesn't believe there's a certain order to the world. See that we don't just live in a random world. There is actually physical, moral, spiritual, social order. And if you're going to live a wise life, you've got to understand that that's true. If you're going to lead in a wise way, whether you're 
leading in your family or you're leading in your company or leading in your baseball team, you're leading as a governor of a state or president of a country, you've got to deal with reality. You've got to live in, in such a way. You have to know this is true. I've had people object to that. Maybe some of you are saying, oh, I don't know if that's true. You know, but see, basically what's true is the same physically as well as morally and spiritually. You know, physically, you, you can't eat anything you want. I'm dealing with that coming into the holidays, and, and I know many of you are. You just can't. Like, you can, but if you eat the wrong things, you will break down and die. You just will. That's going to happen to you, and it will happen faster or slower, and people have different metabolisms and respond differently. But generally speaking, there are things that if that's your diet, you are going to break down and die faster than others who have a better diet. That's just a fact. That's just the way it is. And if you jump off a roof without, you know, and you just jump off a five-story building, you're going to die when you hit the ground. That's going to happen. You're not going to float. You're not going to fly like Superman. You're not, because there are physical realities to the world we live in. When I was a kid, I got these Superman pajamas for Christmas. I loved them. I wore them as long as I could. And it was like long pants and a Superman shirt with a big ass on the front, and it had a cape. And you tied on the Superman cape. That was the coolest part, right? And it wasn't like underwear. It was pajamas and it was great. And you look, it was a little bit tight, you know, so you had the muscles and everything. You look like Superman and you had a cape. Um, inside the box, somewhere I, I have this. I don't know where it is. My mom might have it. I kept a card. The card was in the box for the Superman pajamas. And the card said, parents, dear parents, please remind your children that human beings cannot fly. Sincerely, the lawyers at whoever made those pajamas. And, you know, I thought there's some lawyer, right, who said, you got to put this in there. You know, today, I bet that, that note is more important than it was then, because you can't. That's, that's just a physical reality. You're a fool if you don't believe that, or if you think it doesn't apply to you. The same thing, though, is true about moral and spiritual things. It, it is. If you are a selfish person, if you put you know, your happiness over the happiness of the community, you're going to have social breakdown. You will. If you're selfish that way, if you, if you take everything for yourself and you don't give, if, imagine if in your Christmas celebration, you got all the gifts for yourself and you didn't buy anybody anything else and nobody opened anything except you on your Christmas day. I promise you, you're going to have social breakdown in your household. You are. That's going to happen. That's, see, that's a, an order of the world. That's the way it works. If you build your identity on something other than God, if it's in success, if it's in your education, if it's in what people think of you, you are eventually going to have a psychological problem because those things are going to fail you. If you try to think that you are something that you're not, if you think that you can change your identity or change your, your biology or change your, your whatever it is, in a way that's not actually possible, you will, those, that's going to fail you. It will not work. It will not be the way you want to convince yourself, no matter what people say. You can't. You can't just live any way you want. You can't just determine what is right and wrong for you. It won't work. You will be a fool, and you will eventually experience breakdown and death. That's part of being a fool. But the second part of being a fool is not realizing that the world is fallen, okay, that there is an order to the world, but also even the order is broken. You know, that doesn't mean that somebody is going to jump off a uh, skyscraper and, and fly away like Superman. It doesn't mean that. 
but sometimes bad things will happen to you even though you are doing the right things. Right? Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. But you've got to read all the Proverbs together. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of the fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Which means that fools are bad at making plans. Asking for advice and getting good counsel is something that you should do. You're a fool if you don't do that. Um, but you can also ask for advice and get bad advice. Or sometimes you get the best advice and sometimes things don't work out. You Part of being wise is to understand that we do live in a broken world. You know, sometimes good things happen to bad people and sometimes bad things happen to good people. That's the way it is. It's not karma. It's the broken world that we're in. Good things should happen to good people and bad things should happen to bad people, probably, if you're being equitable about all of that. But And most of the time that's true, actually. But sometimes it's not. Part of wisdom is understanding that our world is is crazy. This is Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557. If you want to have uh, join the conversation, 888-528-2557. You can follow me on social media on Facebook, X, and Instagram. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Uh, an update on the, uh, the, the, the studio. Somebody uh, put some kind of air freshener in here, and uh, it's knocking me out. It is... Uh, you know, by the end of the show today, you know, probably worth sticking with us. Who knows what I'm going to say? You know, let me tell you the story about, you know, or you're just going to hear like a big thud, just and then like dead air for a minute. Then, uh, Wilbert, you're going to have to come on and, and save the day, you know, when uh, whenever that happens. Uh, it, you know, it's the it's air freshener that should like be like and I, I know what brand it is because we've made the mistake with this stuff and uh they keep selling it. So other people must not have the reaction that I have with it. Anyway, the reality is there is a stink that somebody must have been trying to cover up and they covered it up with more stink, uh, which sounds like politics, basically. That's how Washington runs, what I just described right there. 888 I've been thinking about being uh, being wise. You know, coming to the new year, you always reflect, you know, on on your life. And I want to encourage you to seek wisdom. How have you done that? Well, you know, what are some ways that you just realized, you know what, I'm on the foolish path and I want to be on the wise path. How did you make a change? Maybe you could inspire somebody with your story with that. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. The Bible teaches a lot about this and it's all instructional because of the world that we're living in. You know, we have this controversy going on with the higher education and Harvard and MIT and Penn and Penn fires their president. I don't think MIT has made a decision. Uh, Harvard's decided to keep their president. And, you know, I thought about this. You know, how do you, how do you maintain a, you know, a system where you're not allowed to use somebody's wrong pronoun? You might be thrown out of school or otherwise disciplined for using the wrong pronoun or for other whatever the speech violations are. But it's perfectly okay to call for genocide of Jews. That's okay. You know, and I thought, you know what, uh, they're not going to, Harvard board decided not to fire 
their president, Claudine Gay. And I thought, well, they can't fire her because she's doing exactly what they hired her to do. Right. I mean, if you got hired to do a job and you do that job really well and then you get fired for doing that job well, you've got a case. Right. You've got she's got I think she's got that board uh, right where you want them in that case, because I think she's doing exactly what they want her to do, which is an indication that these problems are systemic. It's not just get rid of the whoever the president is of the of the these universities. It's something that is deep down of an idea that we can change culture. That's part of the um and change the realities of culture. That's that's the critical theory. The foolishness of it is that you can actually implement a change to reality with gender or with other ways that people uh deal with each other and and you can't see there's a there's a reality to to the physical world also to moral and spiritual order um and also a reality that the world is broken that the world is fallen this is a very biblical thing you in the book of proverbs there's a whole lot of stuff in there about wisdom and foolishness and but you keep seeing it redefine itself right over and over again and it's because there are certain things that are usually wise or usually foolish, but sometimes it doesn't work, and it's because the system is is broken. You know, you can't be – here's the interesting thing is you, you have to be careful. You don't want to be a relativist, meaning that if you say that I can live in any way I want and I can change my identity in such a way that you have to – um, agree with me, even though it's not even possible. If I said that I'm a deer and I am going to be a deer, uh, you you aren't allowed to think otherwise. You can't say, you know, I'm a crazy person. And you certainly can't say that you're a deer hunter and shoot me and get away with it. And none of that makes any sense, right? Uh, that's the world we live in, though. See, if you say that I can live any way I want to live and you don't believe that there's some kind of order in how you live your life, your life is going to go wrong. You'll be a fool. But you know, if you don't realize that there's a fallen order to the world, you're still going to have troubles, even if you've got the physical realities right. You know, if I just do all the right things, then everything will go well for me. Well, the problem is you're foolish if you hold on to that because you're on the road to being disillusioned because you can do all of the right things and sometimes things will not go well for you. They're in your favor, more likely to be in your favor, but because there's other things going on that you can't control, they're going to impact your life. That's the way it is. See, if you deny the theological fact of God's creation order or the fall, Genesis 1 through 3 in general, if you deny all of that, you're, you're going to be in trouble, right? Uh, in poverty, there's a relativist standpoint that says, oh, poverty is a problem of society, society calls it. A moralist is going to say, well, no, it's not a problem of society, it's a problem of personal responsibility. And the problem is, is both sides are actually wrong on that you know, out of touch with the way the world actually works. You know, poverty, sometimes a person is poor because of laziness, because of personal responsibility, um, and but sometimes it's injustice. Sometimes it's things happen to them that are outside of their control, right? You, it's not that simple. See, fools are out of touch with not just the realities of life, but also the complexities of life. Wisdom is having the competence and with the complexities and realities of life. I read that in an old Hebrew, a book called Wisdom in Israel, which I have that deals with the Proverbs and all the wisdom books in the Bible, but also other uh, old Hebrew wisdom books and wisdom of ancient times, that wisdom is having the competence with the complexities and the realities of life. That's the wisdom to ask God for, to 
have a common sense, to have an understanding of if I do all of the right things in the right order, most of the time that's going to work out for me, but sometimes it won't. And so I'm not going to get discouraged or give up when things don't go the right way, even when I really did all the right things. Uh, At the same time, I'm going to realize that I might be doing the wrong things, but I can change it. That's a good thing. That's a good way to approach your uh, New Year's resolutions if you're going to make them is what is real. You know, don't set a resolution that's outside of reality or that doesn't consider the complexities of life. But at the same time, realize that, you know, if you consider those things, you really can make some great changes in life pretty quickly by getting on the path of wisdom. 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Ted, Ted the Angels, thank you so much for your service. Once again, uh, Pastor Scott. Thanks, Ted. Um, what what I did was, uh, and I, I used to, I visit a lot of churches, and I visited for about six months straight, uh, Grace Community Church with John MacArthur, and I noticed on their security uh, cars, it said, in God we trust on the fender. So I put that on the back of my vehicles. Uh, my, my American painting vehicle has one and, you know, my Escalade. And, uh, and it's more for me because, uh, you know, it, I've, I've got to change, I, you know, uh, as we know, Jesus said, you know, come as you are, but he didn't say stay as you are. And uh, and that's really what impressed me when I went to Compton to, uh, uh, I think it's Chapel of Change. It just happened to be, he's, he's been on KKLA before. I didn't know that. But, but I noticed in Compton, they dress better than L.A. I mean, these guys take it serious. They, the majority of them are wearing a suit. And, uh, and, and I don't believe they're trying to look good. You mean the, you mean the people who go to that church? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, know in- culturally, there's a lot of people who still dress up for church. And it's an interesting question, Ted, really, is, is there something wise to that? I bet I could do a whole topic on, is it wise right. to dress up even though you don't have to? Because in California, like, we're pretty, we're pretty laid back a lot of the time, a lot of flip-flops and shorts, and even in places where right. that used to be not allowed. But if you go to some churches, right. you know, people are still dressed to the T's, you know, just incredible. And other churches, you think it is at the beach, and it's not. Uh, is there? Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions to the wisdom with all of that. Right. Right. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Compton, as far as I'm concerned, uh, has more class than the West Side because West Side used to dress like that, and I was very impressed with them. And they weren't trying to act a certain way. Uh, they did it because uh, you know they put on their Sunday best. And uh, they're not trying to be something. They're just trying to be different than they were. It's exactly we. You know, I put a suit on in honor of Jesus. Uh, You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to dress down or dress up. Uh, I love Jesus, and He's worth me putting my Stacey Adams on and my and my suit. He's worth it. Ted, I'm almost out of time. Thanks for calling. Ted brings up something interesting though, because there's. I'm sure that everybody listening has a different opinion. Sometimes there's cultures and churches that uh, have a lot to do with how you dress and how you worship. And sometimes there's an attitude about it uh, that is more about, hey, we want to look like everybody else, so we're going to do this. You know, there's probably some wisdom depending on your community for that, but that's something that you should ask is the way I dress for church, am I doing that because I want to be comfortable even at the expense of maybe offending somebody at church or making my church less hospitable to the community? Or am I dressing up too much so that somebody is not comfortable and uh, they wouldn't come, right? You can get into those things and there can be right on both sides, which is what I'm 
trying to say here with the idea of, and I know it's a much bigger topic than that. There's probably uh, a lot of things people have to say about that. But even the simplest thing, you know, why do you go to church? Part of it is for fellowship and gathering with the believers to be encouraged and to encourage each other, to pray for each other. It's important and wise to go to church. But also it's a community where you would, might invite people. You want people to come and, you know, if they're going to get offended by something, maybe they get offended by the gospel, the idea that they need Jesus. But other than that, you know, you want to be welcoming. And, you know, the decisions that we make as far as our ministry, our disciple making, the things that we do, wisdom is asking the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? And then doing that and discerning what God's will is. Like Romans 12 tells us, we can discern the will of God, you know, and maybe I don't want to dress a certain way, but maybe I'm going to in a certain environment because uh, I'm going to have a better ministry by doing that. It's a much bigger question, but wherever you're at, you know, there is wisdom that is out there to be found, and you find it by recognizing that there are realities in this world, physical, spiritual, moral. There are realities, and there are wrong and right. And part of the problem of our world today is that we want to deny that. We want to say that we can just change things by acting a certain way, by saying, I have my truth, you have your truth, and there's no truth in that, and it's going to cause you pain Think about that when you uh, make your New Year's resolutions, when you think about that coming up. All right, uh, we're going to try to discern what 2024 is going to look like when the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show returns. You can get the podcast of our show by looking for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcast. Just click follow on the Pastor Scott Show podcast. You can follow me on socials at Pastor Scott Show. Be right back. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.